we will tend to few passages or text and read to really uh, prove uh, the existence of the pre-existence of Christ, who really Christ was, as the scriptures bear witness of it. This same Jesus had ever lived. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands, Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. This same Jesus, whose going forth has been from of old, from everlasting. This Jesus will come and he will be born at Bethlehem, Ephrata, a very little or small village. And this was the prophecy by Micah. This was a true prophecy by a true prophet of scriptures. It is not as one of these prophets we have in our uh, era, but this is a prophet of the Bible for the whole entire world. So he has prophesied that this Jesus would be born and that Jesus, this Jesus that would be born has ever lived from of old. He has ever been from everlasting. He did not just surface on this earth when he was giving birth to, but he had lived, he has pre-existed, he has been, he has been from of old. This same Jesus is the one who was, is the one who is, and is also the one who is to come. And again, the Bible in uh, Revelation 1 8 has testified about this. Revelation 1 8 says that I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, and which was, and which is, and which is to come, the Almighty. The Almighty. Brethren, wherever you hear or you listen uh, me from, this is a true proof by the scriptures, that this Jesus, the same Jesus who was received up to heaven has been from of old and is the almighty. And I remember that one day when I was very young and being so poised with one of our brethren went out to share the gospel to many other people around and we entered into a house. An old man was there and he was one of the other religious sects who believed that the same Jesus can never be God. And in attempting to study or argue with us, which we were not ready, he mentioned that um, at a point he said, Jesus was the mighty God, but God himself, Jehovah Elohim, is the almighty and then I was able, by the grace of God, to mention this Revelation 1.8. And when he had read, he was sitting quietly. Because over here he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Ah and O. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. The one which was before the world began. The one who is now. 
the one who is to come, the one that we are expecting, the one who was received up, and therefore we are expecting him to come. That would be the second advent. He said, I am the almighty. And people often um, so um, in a very crafty way or they cleverly argue that the, the message to John was given by God. And therefore, it was God who was speaking in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. So, uh, the I am the one which was, which is, and which is to come. is referred to God, Jehovah himself. But whichever way you turn it, it says that I am the one who was, who is, who is, and who is to come. Who are we expecting to come fleshly? Are we not expecting Christ? So it turns out to be the same. Even if it was God who was giving the message through Christ to John in Revelation. And then he said, I'm the almighty. And then when you come forward to verse 18, Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, it says that I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. So I don't want to term it as argument, but look at the studies here. Even if it is God, then God is telling us that I'm the one that lived and was dead. And behold, I am alive again. So that means God came through Christ in the flesh. So God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the first and the second persons in the Holy Trinity are indivisible. You cannot divide them. It is not possible. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says that in whom dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It was Christ who came bodily and the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth or dwells in him. So it makes no difference if one claims uh, that it was God himself, the Father, who uh, sent the message to John and not Christ. So that we, uh, it is clear here that it was Christ who was speaking. It was Christ who came. It was Christ who came in the flesh, who died, and who rose again, and who uh, continues to live, and he will live forevermore. So they are indivisible. So this same Jesus was actually the R and the O, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And again, we will come back to this almighty and mighty issue. When the man said, Jesus, uh, the Son is the mighty God and God himself is the almighty. This also uh, will mean that we have two gods and one is almighty and one is mighty. It is not uh, like that as the scriptures explain to us because they make reference to Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 where it writes, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, his, and his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We will 
consequently uh, touch on this again. But it looks a bit uh, worrying if one will say that Christ is mighty, but God himself is almighty. Now, as well in scripture, it has been said about God, Elohim Jehovah, that he's a mighty God. So what do we also make of that? Is God only mighty? So God was God is mighty as well as almighty. And so therefore Christ also is mighty and also almighty. It doesn't make any difference uh, if one is termed as the mighty one or the almighty one. Over here, we clearly see that they are not divisible. Christ, Jesus Christ, the same person who came, is the same person who went, and the same person who will come again, and is going forth as being, or goings forth have been from of old. He has ever lived from everlasting. And in eternity past, he has been there. And eternity present and eternity uh, future, he will always be there truly. The same Jesus created the world. The same Jesus without him was not anything made that was made according to John chapter 1. Through this same Jesus, all things were made, both visible and invisible. Visible things and invisible things were made by him. Thrones were made by him. Dominions were made by him. Principalities and all powers and all things in heaven, including the angels. So he is not an angel, as others also claim Christ is. Christ is not an angel. There are friends who claim that Christ is the angel Michael. He is not an angel. Angel cannot create angels. Christ was not created. In the Bible, we learn that he was begotten. And it was this was cut beautifully in the hymns, uh, O come all ye faithful, that he is a deity. Christ is a deity. This same Jesus has pre-existed before he came. And he did not just exist, but he created all things. He created the heavens and the earth. He created the whole universe. He created everything. He created everything in heaven also, including the angels. Again, he's not an angel. Angel cannot save mankind. I want to read again where it says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. So they were created by him and for him. He is our all in all. Christ, this same Jesus who ascended up, was the one who ever lived, who pre-existed before the world began, before the foundation of the world. It was the word that formed all things, that commanded all things to spring up to life, as we see now. Oh, this same Jesus that went has been the God who has pre-existed. Oh, Christ is the Savior. 
An angel cannot save us. It is God himself who will save us. It has been on God's heart. As we have said before, if one can enter or could have entered the heart into God's heart or God's mind, he would see a cross that before the foundation of the world, God has an eternal blueprint or plan about salvation that a cross will be given on which Christ will die to save sinners and to draw them unto himself. So God has always been a savior because God is a savior and he has been a savior of his chosen Israel. He saved us also through Christ who also is a savior. So if God is a savior and Christ is a savior, who then holds this office of saving mankind? Who then is the Savior? God has always been a Savior. And he has always saved the chosen people who were the Israelites or his church Israel. God did save them. And Christ also is a Savior. Christ is referred to as a Savior. Christ came to save his people the people of God. Christ came to save the people that God has promised to save. And God was going to save them through Christ. There is a simple understanding about this issue. God has promised to save his people and God will save them, save them in Christ Jesus. That God will come, will descend and come and wear our nature a flesh to die for people under the law and to save them unto himself. So God promised to save by Christ, but he was going to be to save his people, to save his people once and for all through Christ. God our Savior, Christ Jesus also our Savior. As 13:23. And let me read quickly for us. As 13.23 states, Of this man's seed, hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. So, God raised Jesus, being the Savior, unto Israel. So, God has promised the physical Israel salvation. But he has raised Christ to be the Savior of Israel. So please, I'm praying that you will follow what we are learning in our discourse. Now, he promised Israel a Savior. And God did raise Christ to be that Savior of Israel. He did not breach his covenantal promise to save Israel forever. He saved the Israelites several times. And he saved them progressively in their life. In the history of the nation Israel, God has chosen them and God saved them progressively to prove that he has promised. He has a covenantal promise. And God did not breach, God did not break his promise by saving Israel, but God has a design of bringing everyone as into his church, into his sheepfold forever. So, 
all those salvations from God to Israel as a nation were prefiguring the perfect salvation by him, God, in Christ Jesus. So he appeared in Jesus Christ, if you like. God appeared in Jesus Christ to fulfill his eternal promise of salvation to his spiritual Israel. Those who come through Christ and those who were before Christ, those who were by faith and of faith. So Christ has, had ever lived and people had come to God through him obscurely. But now he came in the flesh. So he was manifest, manifested to every one of us. He came, he appeared in Jesus Christ to fulfill his eternal promise of salvation to his spiritual Israel. That is the church of Christ. That he will save them and be with them forever and ever. So today, God has a spiritual church to be the church of Christ. That is the Israel of God. Israel of God today is the church of Christ. So we have this lesson taken from Ephesians chapter 2. And we are told clearly that by grace, for by grace are we saved through faith. And this faith has also been thrown as a gift to the people of Israel physically. Therefore, if they will ever come to believe Christ, they will also be brought in. It is not for Israel as a nation alone, but both Gentiles and Israel will come to God through Christ. And that is the spiritual Israel God promised. So therefore, God has not broken his promise to Israel. His, his church is saving his people from Israel and throughout the world, from all countries and every family, from all uh, homes, is saving his people to be with them everlastingly. So I will read this one also. Galatians 6 16 says that, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon Israel of God. So now Israel of God is the church in Christ Jesus. Christ, God was saving the physical Israel to prove that he is the savior and he wants them to be with him. He chose them through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was prefiguring the perfect church of Christ. And all those who come to be part of this perfect church of Christ must come through Christ. So therefore, this perfect church of Christ has come to fulfill the shadow which was the church of Israel physically. And therefore now, whenever one is a native of Israel, he must come to God through Christ. And through him, the Gentile also must come to God. So now, he promised his promise continues to his people in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Titus 2.13, and I want to read again. 
looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God. God appeared gloriously and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the blessed hope of a true believer of the Lord. That God did appear and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I read Acts chapter 5 verse 31 also. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a Savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So it is Christ who will come and give repentance to Israel. So whether I'm a native or I come from Israel, um, I must come through Christ. I must repent of my sins through Christ. Christ came to die for everyone in this world, especially those who believe. So therefore remember that one day when Christ went on the earth, was on the earth, his cousin John the Baptist proclaimed that, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the whole world. Now the issue is not about argument. The issue is not about claims that we claim to be the original people of God and others. God created us all. He wanted us all to come to him. He used the Israelites as a shadow of the real substance. And the rare substance is Christ, who has now come. God loves us all, but it must not dwell or rest on argument or who is supposed to be the original person of Christ. But it must rather be that as he, the Lamb of God, taking away your sins personally, individually, as your sins be taken away by his blood. That is why he came. This Jesus who came and went up, he came so that his blood would be shed. And without what? Shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin to neither the Israelites in person or the Israelites in spirit, which is the church of Christ. Brethren, the same Jesus is the one who has been a savior to the physical Israel in the days of old. And this is a mystery that we are now being, uh, by the grace of God, been able to know. It has been revealed to us that Jesus has been the one who was saving Israelites. Israel in the days of old, he has been their savior and is their savior even now in spirit. This same Jesus is the father of everlasting. So we come back to um, make a bit statement about what I started with. And Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, that God being almighty and then Christ being mighty. Again, the passage or the text that people use for that argument that Christ is the mighty God, but God is the almighty over there again, we have an answer in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. If we carefully read again, it says, Therefore unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be wonderful. Number one, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, 
the prince of peace. So look at it, whether they can really move together. A son here is given a child. A child was mentioned. A son is given a child and a son. And now his name shall be what wonderful counselor and uh, the mighty God. If Christ is just a mighty God, again, we are told in the next uh, line that the everlasting father is also the everlasting father. So how come that the same son, the child, the son, at the same time becoming the father? So that is a mystery there. This same Jesus has been the one who ever lived or lived and who pre-existed and created all things and created human beings, humankind, including you and I. This same Jesus has been uh, from of old. This same Jesus is the father of everlasting grace. He has given us grace to come to him. He has given us grace to live and to look for him. He is the God of the very God. As one theologian once said, Christ, this Christ is the God of the very God. It's not just a child in the manger. It's not just a son that was given to us to grow among us. And become, it became so lowly and sorrowful. It's a God of the very God. That means if you say you know God who created the heavens, that is uh, one and only God. There's no other God apart from him. Christ is that God. It's that same God. For unto us, the child is born, the city of David, a savior, which is Christ, the Lord. It also says in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. This same Jesus, as we see him go up, is the creator of the world. He has eternal plan for his people. He has so much interest in what is uh, Riches undergo. Christ has interest in what we do. This Jesus Christ came, he didn't come for a show, but he is gone and he will come to judge us. And he has so much interest in whatever we do. If we doubt whether we are his, today also is another time for us to meet with him. We must come to him and know him. If he gives us life, he will give us power to overcome sin. If we give ourselves to him, it will give us power to overcome sins that we were not able to overcome previously, and then we will be for him forever. This God in the person of Jesus Christ, this name Jesus Christ shall come, and he will come on that wrathful day. What will you do? Will you be troubled at his coming, or you will rejoice when he comes? When he comes, will you embrace him or you will stand at him and wonder and fear? You may not have answers to this, but you can have answers if you will yield to him this morning and come to him and ask him for forgiveness of sin. Christ will save you. Christ will give you life. Go to him this morning again. They say Jesus is the God of the very God and he has a plan for this all. Oh, Entire journey life in this entirety, and he has told us that we should come to him because he will come back again to God. Come and to say, ask him to forgive you, and he will give you life, and you have hope in him. We will raise our sermon here, and we will continue again next week.
May the Lord help us all. Even as the rain wants to fall and it will disturb our, uh, the hearing of our ears. So we want to end it here. We pray that you will follow what the word of God is teaching us and yield to him and properly worship him and have hope for that internal place that is preparing for us. We want to have a 